Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Completely arbitrary, the podcast about tree cones and the things that grow them. My name is Casey Clapp. I am not going to relinquish control that I have usurped. Wow! <laughs> so we're not starting from the top. All right, we can start from the top. No, I think... <laughs> I think we should continue with this. It has happened, Casey. <laughs> Every now and then, I make a funny joke, you make a funny joke, and then I just don't let it stop. When Sometimes when you go rogue, I don't know if you ever look at my face... <laughs> But legitimately, I'm like, oh, fuck. What do we, how do we, and then I always. I don't know how to fix this. I don't know how to react. And then I always, I always figure the best reaction is just to to shine a light on it as I do with many things. Exactly. It's like, um, it's like improv. You just have to say yes and then keep going. Yeah. And then point to the fact that you said yes. Yes, exactly. And comment on it. Yeah. And That's then, yeah. comedy, right? It's comedy. It's a comedy of errors, I think is what it is. Yeah. Anyway, Alex, I'm sorry. I won't do it again. I know I always say that, then inevitably I do. That's okay. But I'll try not to for a while. That's that's fine. I yes. say I say you should have a, a you know ration book. So like once every few months, Casey gets to uh, make Alex feel like shit and interrupt the show. <laughs> and no, uh, it's, it's I I mean it's I'm not like making interrupt. come on. I meant I, uh, all right. Introduce not that's, interrupt. All right, that's fair because you know you know it's just you know I guess all right you're maybe. Listen, there's one thing I know about podcast listeners is that the, we they we. Like consistency. Yes, exactly. Which, which is the reason that early on I said I'm going to introduce each episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But they also like some variability when it's when it's it's fun and unpredictable variability. Yeah, and which is funny, Alex, because I don't know if you know this about me, but I many times love to be unpredictable. I do know this about you. It's Casey. a lot of fun. Yeah, and it keeps everyone on their toes. This is this is an interesting dynamic of our relationship not just as friends but as business partners mm. <laughs> you you thrive on being unpredictable i thrive on predictability yeah i'm a wild card and you are always uh, the same card yes mm-hmm. we make it work yeah i don't even i i literally tell you what tree we're gonna do 10 minutes before we do each thing i that's, don't know if everyone knows that that's not true all right that's i won't true. have people believing that casey <laughs> all right that's okay well casey the tree we're talking about today I have known about in advance for about two weeks. Yes, you have. 
We are talking about the Coulter Pine. Oh, what an exciting tree this is today. We're getting a lot of conifers in this year. I like we that. Are. Makes me feel good. Pinus Coulteri. That's it. Which, to me, sounds like a spell in Harry Potter. Yes, Pinus Coulteri. Yes, and you, you turn into a what? I don't know. You got to tell a, me. A, a, a giant cone. pine cone. A giant spiky pine cone. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get thrown at someone. I uh-huh. assume it'd be a small. Would you Would you be a life person sized pine cone? Good question. I think it would be small because that, that okay. would be part of the curse. Yeah. Just tiny you're rolling around on the floor going to get crunched under somebody's foot. Yeah. Okay. That sounds well. And then you're going to hurt their foot though. That's if you're right. A, if you're a pine is called Terry. The cone of today's pine. That's right. One of the biggest and spikiest of all time. Case. I believe it is the heaviest of all conifers. What a badge of honor. Isn't it? Oh, a badge that will rip your shirt off. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So let's imagine, Casey, that you and I are walking, I know where this one grows, oh. through a Southern Californian forest. That's right. And Ugh. we come across a coulter pine mm-hmm. and you... You like uh, like a mother to her child in the front seat when she has to stop suddenly in the car. You put your hand in front of my chest. Say, Alex, <laughs> don't get any closer. This thing will kill you. Casey, let's yeah. talk right. Coulter Pine. Coulter Pine. Pine is Coulter. It's funny when you said that, uh-huh. Pine is Coulter, because I always pronounced it Pine is Coulter. And that's not it. There's only one eye there. There's only one eye. Yeah, this is well not done. a Menzizi eye situation. This is not. You did a you you opened my eyes to something and I wanted to just keep acting like it, but in your spirit, Thank I wanted you. to shine a light on it. Thank you. Well, this is a tree. It grows down, as you said, Southern California. Um but what's funny about it is it is a um it's an open like an open space tree. It's not a tree as many are up here in the north, where they grow in big gigantic forests. Oh, okay. In the Southern Californian forests, everything is much more spread out. Um, Hmm. Where it does get dense, um, a lot of times they call it the chaparral, where there's a lot of like manzanitas and like other small growing plants and pine trees that um, grow in kind of the lowland areas. You've heard about the the Southern California fires over the last several years, where it's like dry chaparral just goes up in flame. It's because that's what they do. I mean, there's these super dense, dry, like little shrubby things that Mm -hmm. are maybe, you know, 15, 20 feet tall. So as you go up in elevation, your trees get bigger. Same thing is uh, up here where as you go higher in elevation, that is where water is more likely to fall just because of that orographic effect. As the or as the the clouds move up the side of a mountain, they then let down a little bit more rain because the water cools. Yes, for an in-depth... Uh, discussion on that orographic uh, orographic yeah. effect. Uh, check out our Ponderosa Pine episode. It is right. A couple months ago. Well, so this tree grows up about, I think, uh, about 3,000 or so feet in elevation um, around that area, kind of in the mountains of Southern California. Okay. And they grow in wide open groves they're big trees so they can get i think one of the biggest ones is 140 some feet tall and but generally 80 60 100 feet and they grow really interestingly in that their canopies are are like all of their branches grow straight up so uh-huh. they have big limbs that come out and they have all these twigs so they look kind of like um i'm trying to think what it would be almost like not a feather duster they look like 
you hang something upside down and they all just kind of everything falls and they mm-hmm. just kind of are hanging. I'm, I have a bunch of like obscure references in my brain and none of them make any sense on Give a large me one. scale. Um, my grandma has a uh, a fake Christmas tree. Okay. And when you flip it up, all the branches kind of fall out to their sure. spot. But then when you want to put it away, you flip it upside down and all of those branches like fall forward and angle upright. Casey, have you listened to this show before? That's a perfectly okay. acceptable analogy. All right, perfect. Okay. Yeah. Well, this looks like that top of the that tree part. Once you flip it upside down and everything kind of falls downwards and just kind of hang, but instead of hanging, they're growing straight up. Yeah, the overall morphology, the shape of it doesn't look very much like a pine tree to yeah, me. Yeah, it's it looks like a bush, like it does. A, a big big bush, yeah. right? So it has all these branches that grow straight up and each one kind of has a tuft of a tuft of of needles at the top. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of have these like, you know, almost like smoke columns coming down, which is like a bunch of like uh it looks like something's exploding up and out, but mostly up. Yeah. And each one of those little columns will have these two big gigantic cones right up next to the stem these cones grow oppressed to the stem Mm. and they get really big like you know six or six inches wide minimum and like almost 12 or 15 inches long they get huge i think one i heard weighed dry weight like 11 pounds they're massive they're literally the size of children yes the cones are frighteningly large yeah uh and also heavy for their size they're dense they really are they're huge big dense cones and this is for a good reason obviously they want to like keep things from getting into their seeds but it's a lot of work and so the branches are really stout they also Mm. have really long needles their needles are probably about 12 inches long they're in bundles of three so very similar to the ponderosa pine in that regard and but they're really big and long, so the tufts, the tufts at the end of these branches look really big because you have them growing out in both directions. So you almost have like a a big like plate like um, cross section of the whole branch with all of its little uh, twigs and needles and everything coming out. And these trees get pretty big. Like there's a couple here in Oregon or here in Portland that they grow, they look like normal pine trees. Like, you know, they have one straight stem that's growing up and they have the branches that kind of come off. But at the very, very tippy top, you can see they're doing that, like everything's growing up and out kind of motion or kind of effect. Um, And they're just these dark green, uh, uh, open grown trees. They don't grow in big forests all the time. And when they do, they develop up that single stem kind of uh, kind of look, um, but the thing that, like I said, that you'll notice about these trees is that they will have these big, gigantic cones growing way up high, like yeah. 140 feet foot tall tree with cones at 135 feet. Yeah. And, oh boy. And then a squirrel jumps up there, and the squirrel's like, "There are delicious seeds inside this gigantic cone," but. I can't get into it because those cones, not only do they have a heft like no one's business, they also have a little armed spike at the end of each individual cone scale. Mm-hmm. And those spikes, as you have felt on the one that uh, you have here in your house, yeah. are like the talons of a falcon. Yeah, they are very much, they, they to me, they, they sort of remind me of 
like elephant tusks yes. coming out of the side of this cone. Yeah, right. But like a bunch of miniature ones covering yes. the entire thing. It's really uh, barbaric looking. It does. Yes, that's a perfect way to describe it. Like mm-hmm. it looks like it's protecting itself from some like gigantic monster that could have ever existed. Yeah, you could, you could, uh, you know. You could strap one of these on the end of a stick and yeah. have a pretty deadly uh, weapon. Yeah, what is that? Is that a mace that they used to that do? That would be a mace, mm-hmm. yeah, or a morning star. Yes, one of the two. Yeah. Well, other than that, it has bark. I shouldn't skip over and go straight to the meat of no, this one, No, we right? sort it's of... So beautiful. We, this is sort of a scattershot ID, and I was yeah. getting a little anxiety over here. I can see that. We should have ended with the cone. I, I see, but it's know. just such a good characteristic, you know? Yeah, it's hard All not right. to jump to it. But let's... Yeah, let's talk bark. Yeah, well, so the bark has uh, the classic uh, the classic bark that you'd expect of a pine tree, where it is dark on the outside, but then has like these orange furrows on the inside. So the in between the older bark that's on the very very outside at the end of the sort of the furrows on the furthest point away from the center of the tree is really kind of dark and gray and weathered but then as you kind of go into the cracks they have a lot of really orange tinges in between and then it kind of fades from orange to brown as it's coming out and getting older and more weathered does Hmm. that does that kind of make sense sort of yeah it's like a jawbreaker how it has like different like yeah, colors on the inside. Exactly, yeah. But then the colors on the inside would be newer. They would have been produced in the more recent past, so they haven't faded yet. I see. And then they also grow up. They get really wide, but again, of course, their branches all kind of start to grow upright, and they get these really big, open, circular canopies, very much, like I said, a, a shrub, a big, gigantic shrub rather than a, a tree that kind of has that one stem and then branches coming from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has, like I said, three needle pines, or th- it's a it is a three-needle pine. So it has uh, all of its leaves, all of its needles are in bundles of three. Classically, there are bundles of two, bundles of three, and bundles of five. And that's what separates pine trees, except uh, for a very few. You've you've spoken about this um, needle bundle uh-huh. categorization before. Yeah. Can you give me one example of a species that is a two, a three, and a five? Yes. So what is a two? What's one species that's a two-needle pine? A shore pine. Okay. And then a three-needle pine, you could say the coulter, or what's a, what's a, one other three-needle pine? The ponderosa pine. Oh, okay. Yeah, or the classic lovely Jeffrey pine. They kind of remind me of each other. They're very closely related. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. And then the five-needle pine. Yeah, that's your western white pine or a sugar pine or an eastern white pine. Wow. Yeah. What is the purpose behind the different bundles of is it just rant? That's just the way they grow. That's just the way it grows, man. That's just the way it grows, man. Well, so hey, honestly, it was that. It's just the way it grows, man. With instead of a peace sign, just a two needle. Oh my um, God. You heard it here first, everybody. <laughs> Trademark. Trademark, quick. Get on the internet, Alex. So it, they don't grow like that necessarily for an, an evolutionary advantage kind of thing. Most likely what happened is that there was some way back when a pine tree um, just ended up having something go wrong and it developed instead of three or instead of two, it grew five or two oh. or three or whatever. Okay. Um, but then that tree was really successful and then it split into other subgroups. I think you just described evolution to me, right? I think on a very surface level, I think I did, yeah. (laughs) There's like a mutation, and then it just so happens that that does pretty well Mm -hmm. and fucks a lot and makes a lot of babies. (laughs) That mutation fucks. (laughs) That mutation fucks. Oh, man. 
It does, clearly. Well, so that is exactly the case. And so we call these, um, we call the things that are coulter pines and they're ilk, we call them hard pines. And there's a bunch of different species of, quote, hard pines out there. Hard pine. Yeah. And so you know how, like, we would say we have, like, um, softwood versus hardwood? Oh, this is a, 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 a case of wood density. Yes, exactly. And so the hard pine is in the subgenus Pinus. And that, as a subgenus, like I said, it's kind of like split into a certain, you know, place. And these oh, are trees wow. that have the hard, like hardwood, hard woody cones as, a pair, or as opposed to, say, less woody cones or um, cones that are, or has wood that's just a little bit softer. So Pinus ponderosa, the reason that it's called Pinus ponderosa is because the wood is so heavy and dense and hard because it's ponderous, right. you know? So um, the ponderosa pine, the Jeffrey pine, Tory pine, coulter pine, the uh, foothills pine, which looks a lot like the coulter pine, um, those are all really, really closely related on the, the phylogenetic scale. So if you're making that f- classic family tree, they are all grouped in one family and the next closest family has um w- the next closest species i guess would be like the knob cone pine but that is a different species altogether but most of these all have those three needles wow so um there are some that don't have three needles that actually just have two needles that are also still in this hard pine sort of subgenus okay um but that's that goes back to all these other weird genetic things that we're not going to get into really um but these are all trees that kind of have these, you know, they're all in this one subgenus and they all have these harder woody cones and harder wood period. I think I just made a connection. Oh. You know, like sometimes you will present a dot. Sure. And then three weeks later, you'll present another dot. Okay. And then like a month later, you'll say something and suddenly I connect those two dots. Hey, all like right. Like really slowly learning these things hey. about science and trees and okay. stuff. What is it this time? Well, I, I, I connected a little dot and I had to, you saw me, you saw me on my computer Googling over here because I wanted to get a good example. But like, uh, Casey, I, I play, I play video games. Okay. I've heard of them. Uh, I really like RPGs. Ah, yeah. stands for role playing games. Mm-hmm. Usually in an RPG, you pick a, uh, a class yeah. of character. So a class may be a fighter. I'm just, this is all specifically coming from D and D okay. a fighter or a warlock or a cleric, mm-hmm. or a ranger, right? Mm-hmm. But then under those classes, so you can kind of think of those as like uh, families. Yeah, sure. Okay? In the scientific world. Mm-hmm. I think family is the one, no. Yeah, family is the one above ge- genus? Yes, yeah, yeah, family, okay. genus, species. Okay, so those are like families, right? Yeah. But then like if you're, say, you might be like a fighter, and you might be like a swordsman, uh-huh. or a protector right so yeah. those are two different kinds of under uh, the fighter class yeah. those okay. are like subclasses gotcha so what i'm realizing here and those would be like those would be like genre yes so I'm, what i'm realizing here is that like the grouping of these trees mm-hmm. uh uh reminds me of video games <laughs> 
that's perfect. Yeah. I mean, or that's about as far as my, as the usefulness of this analogy goes, but I just connected a dot and I wanted to say, Hey, I connected a dot. That's perfect because that helps if it connects a dot and helps anyone be able to like, you know, take all of this and like organize it in their brain. It does make everything we're talking about so much simpler to understand Yeah, where all we do as humans is just classify things and put them in sub classifications and larger classifications. Mm-hmm. So if we can just keep adding them up and keep making them into new big things uh, and the new new classifications that we can make sense of, then all of a sudden we see the patterns and we can make sense of the entire world. Yes. Whether or not those patterns are real, that's a that's a huge philosophical question, isn't it? Well, we make our own patterns sometimes. Yeah, exactly. And we can call those real because we made them. And that's right. We certainly have the science to say, well, these trees are all related and here's how they're related. And there's just this you know interesting view of laying that out just like what you're talking about where there's this family tree of splits into splits into splits and then you can see them all laid in, laid out in front of you really yeah cohesively yeah and I, I i so i just realized that that under the pine class as it were which yeah. is confusing because class is a it's another technical yeah. term yeah, yeah but I'm, I'm using the class in the rpg sense i think it's very fair that there is a subclass of the hard pine precisely which is uh kind of a fascinating uh, little yeah. there you go well that is uh the that is thank you that's all i have to say okay <laughs> and with that casey we take a quick break but we also tease a very special guest. Today, we are talking to Tobin Mitnick. Uh, I'm so excited. At Jews Love Trees on Instagram. The funniest thing. A huge inspiration for this podcast. One of K- Casey's an absolute fanboy of yeah, this man. That's true. I showed him to everybody. I, you did. You showed him to me and said, mm-hmm. hey, can we do something like this? And uh, whoops, sorry, Casey. Here we are. We made something so much worse. <laughs> uh, we are talking to Tobin about cones, about trees, about all sorts of fun things. Mm-hmm. Including this tree, the culture pine, specifically. That's right. He's got some experience with it. Wow. I can't wait to find out all what. Right. That's perfect. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more Completely Arbitrary. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welcome back to Completely Arbitrary. Today we're talking Coulter Pine. Casey. Alex, we have a surprise guest. Wow. Today we have a very special, very cool guest. A writer, an actor, and a sometimes naturalist, and most importantly, a Jew who loves trees. 
Jews loves trees. Tobin Mitnick. <laughs> Hi, Tobin. Hey, guys. How I, I'm so happy to be here as a representative of the group Jews loves trees. As Alex so wonderfully just introduced me. You are, I think, the CEO and the spokesperson. So just to be very clear, whatever you say right now, we are going to take as a, a representative statement from that entity. Uh, yeah, tweets are endorsements. Okay, the, yeah, I think, but, yeah, absolutely. Look, I, I, think I look, so. I fucked up. Okay, I fucked up. It's Jews. Jews love trees. Clearly, it's common English. It was a grammatical error. Tobin, thank you so much for being here with us today. We are tickled and delighted to have you. I'm so happy to be here, guys. I really am. I'm, I've been looking forward to this uh, for the past three weeks of our technical fuck-ups. Yeah, we did, um, we've, we've tried our best, haven't we? We originally booked like three weeks ago, yeah. Yeah, it's been an odyssey to get you here, but here you are. Here's a question for you, though. Mm-hmm. I'd love to hear how you got interested uh, in nature, in tree things specifically. Um, also, I... You're sort of a you're you come across as a bit of a, a cone enthusiast, oh, and today oh. we're talking Coulter pine, which sports an incredible cone. Mm. Um, where does your affinity for cone love come from, and how did you get your start in comedy and and uh, and and tree stuff? Well, comedy and that kind of stuff is just you know the uh, Pavlovian response to attention being the youngest (laughs) child in my household. It's not more romantic than that. I don't have a, oh, I wanted to make my grandfather laugh. No, I don't have any of those kind (laughs) of stories. It's just like I like the attention and performing and uh, (laughs) kept me really busy. Strictly narcissism. Um, Strictly narcissism. Did the thing where, you know, you get your theater degree and then you find out that, like, nobody cares about that. And uh, then, like, you... Go ahead. That, it's so funny you say that. I studied theater for like two years in mm, college mm. and then was at the same time studying trees because I like took a class and I was outperforming almost everyone in the trees class and getting like C's in the theater classes. And I was like, <laughs> I gotta go. This isn't for me. What college was this where they hand out C's in theater classes? I, I yeah. thought it was... All like it B was, plus A minus. Uh, uh, you might have heard of it. Juilliard was the name of it. it oh, Juilliard. sure, sure, yeah. sure. sure. Yeah. They it's, grade it's, really harshly. I yeah, yeah. It's, it's a small liberal arts college. It was, it was, I think it was an attendance issue, probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah and then uh, the interest in comedy, uh, just did a lot of improv in college. I still uh, weave that stuff into my videos. That's the stuff I love. Um, but uh, cones and trees and, and naturalism and that kind of stuff um, was... Uh, I would kind of go a year and a half, two years when I was when I was very young, bopping around between different naturalistic interests from Mm. sharks. And then they kind of just stick, you know, like you get really, really into something and you're maybe 50 percent as into it as you were for the rest of your life. Like, that's how it was for me. So I had like a shark period. Then I had a weather period. And then I had like a mineralogy and gemstone period. And then I had an ancient shark and fossil period. And that kind of led into. Oh, yeah. It's like putting them both together. Yeah. 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 And then. Um, I was so into that kind of stuff that I was really, really into petrified wood, um, and all the, all the different kind of colorful manifestations in which it comes. Um, but, uh, when I was, I grew up in, in the forest in, in, in Pennsylvania, uh, around a lot of hemlock and a lot of, you know, beautiful, beautiful oak and poplar and, and that kind of thing. And, um, my dad, we had this window in our kitchen where my dad had put 
six or seven enormous pine cones, one of which was the culture pine cone, and wow. one of them, I think the Jeffrey as well. And it lined, they lined this window, and looking into my backyard, we had a barn, um, and the barn was kind of bisected in its view by this apple tree and this magnolia tree, mm-hmm. uh, which is the most important tree to, to me growing up. Um, and it always just created this really beautiful vista to look out upon. And I always kind of looked at those 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 particular pine cones, and I was like, "Where they come from?" My dad's like, "Oh, out west, you know, they come from out west." And I was like, "Whoa, ah, the mythical out west, the it. mythical out west." Yeah, and I remember looking up like redwood in the World Book Encyclopedia, and just seeing like that one painting that I think is on the front of the overstory of the guys on horseback mm. like walking through the mm-hmm. and being like, "Whoa, these things are really mythical out there." Um, and then, so the interest kind of like sat dormant while I did other things, you know, failed in a lot of sports. Um, hey, my, more my speed now. Yeah, yeah. Hey, baby. Now we're talking. I didn't forget about you, Croson. <laughs> um, and then uh, when I moved out to California, I was like, oh, I'm amongst these things now. Um, I can, I can like go explore a little bit more. Um, and then that really ramped up once the pandemic hit and mm. um, I needed something to do in my backyard and I got really, really into bonsai. Um, and that's, and yeah, <laughs> a legend was born and a legend was born as he drinks from a golden chalice. It's an algae. It's oh well, right. I, I misidentified that. Clearly. Oh, the mystique. So Tobin, today we're talking culture pine. Uh, <sighs> do you have any now you, every time I, I've noticed every time I say the words culture mm, pine, mm. you behave as if you've just taken a bite of some delicious food. And mm. so I would <laughs> interesting. See, I think it's food that's not quite delicious, but like maybe like a strong thing that you're like, this is kind of bitter. I don't like it that much. Wow. Yeah, I think we're getting different. Uh, we need some clarity on this. Well, we're gonna find mm. out here. That is good. Let's hear your initial thoughts on the culture pine. Do you have an experience with the culture pine specifically? So culture pine. What can I say about? The culture pine. Oh, wow. One time I tried to find a culture pine cone that was as big as my infant child. And I succeeded. Yeah. And and I put the pine cone, which was 13 inches long, into her car seat. And it looked wow. as though the culture pine cone was riding in a car seat. That's a funny it, bit. It's that's right really there. Yeah. It's, it's right there, Alex. Oh yeah, God, you've pulled up all my videos. It's brilliant. What a show. That's oh really yeah. Good. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. This is terrible. Um, all right. It, it speaking, might... I was going to say, speaking <sighs> of your first video, I have to cut in. Your mustache was incredible. Please. Oh, it, it was just... really intense last summer, wasn't it? God, it was just okay. Anyway, sorry. Back to the yeah. culture pine. Alex is going to be so mad that I'm interrupting with mustache comments. Well, I can always, I can always edit. Casey, Casey <laughs> is this book one of your? Is this book in your collection? I suspect it is. It's is it not right here next is it, to me? Is it, is, it, is it right in your hand? <laughs> wow. Casey and Tobin stunning. have just held up the same book. I what book is this? Love this book. This, this I book is love called this book. Conifers of California by oh. Ronald M. Lanner. That's so funny because I actually picked this one up uh, years ago. I only bring certain books over here to record, and I've brought it over both times specifically for the Coulter Pine. Wow. Brilliant. Ron Lanner, um, if, if you can check out that picture in the back. Ron Lanner is from Brooklyn. He is reclining on a fence. He looks like, he looks like, um, like somebody who would have like auditioned for the role of uh, Vincent Gambini and my cousin Vinny. Yeah, yeah okay. Oh I, I, he also um, looks a little bit like Joe Pesci, I think. He does. No, that's right. Yes, yeah. a bit, yes, absolutely. Um, I, I refer to him as Tree Bay just because, <laughs> <Tree> I, <Bay. laughs> because I think 
I love his writing. Ron yeah. Lanner, guys, remember this. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has like five or six different books. Like he loves conifers, I think, as much as both Casey and I both do. I, I, wow. I love him. The opening paragraph to his description of the Coulter Pine in this starts with um, a description of historical tree pettiness amongst <laughs> fledgling naturalists. <laughs> wow. Wow. He says, imagine Thomas Coulter's self-satisfaction, perhaps bordering on gloating, as he stood on a steep glassy slope in the Santa Lucia range one fine day in late 1831. Um, I won't read the rest of it to you, but <laughs> what an the, intro. G- the gist is he, he, uh, he got one over on David Douglas. Our, our glorious David Douglas. Wow. That's right. Uh, because... A pal of his actually named the Coulter Pine after him with the biggest pine cones. Oh my god. Isn't that I brilliant? Know. Incredible. I just I love that. Like bordering on gloating. Incredible. <laughs> Incredible. It's so good. That's a, that's a cool move. That that falls in line with uh the and, and no offense to either of you because neither of you fall into this camp, but the the naturalists that I've run into so far <laughs> making this podcast. <laughs> they're all they're similar just, behavior they're all a little bit like like they all want to name a tree after themselves but like the 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 standard is you don't someone else has to do it right. so i feel like mm-hmm. there's just a little bit of like like each time a new tree is discovered they're kind of like waiting for the paper to come out to be like did he, did he name it after me and then when it doesn't that way you're just like oh my god i hate everybody that's a tough life but that's come on what else life. is yeah what else does Coulter have to his name nothing <laughs> that's the thing i mean like why why not just say you know what fuck this tradition this is the Croson pine and i'm proud of it <laughs> you know what i bet you i would be i would be fine with that i'll name one after me you name one after you except i don't know how many more pines we can find and the problem there is i i will never go searching for a pine and oh, you will yeah. all right that's fair all right Ooh. um but uh, uh, one more thing i just wanted to say about the culture pine please um i can't believe how brash it is and i can't believe how aggressive it is mm. um, it's because stunning it's stunning it uh it has these incredibly large cones that drop. I mean, I'm sure Casey will give a, a more anatomical definition of them. But um, I, am I going to steal your thunder here if I if I talk about the moniker Widowmaker? No, oh, I have great. no thunder to be stolen. The, the, the nickname in early logger times for the Coulter Pine was the Widowmaker because <gasps> it would kill loggers because of the like eight pound resinous cones falling and just and, and killing men wow um, this is before hard hats were like a standard procedure yep yep well here we'll just we'll just end it at that then that sometimes the coulter pine let's just put it this way it's it's not to be messed with no. where sometimes the coulter pine will bite back so to speak a most yes. violent tree a yep. most violent tree because like you said it does have these eight Eight or eight pound cones that are like 120 feet in the air sometimes when you were walking around trying to find one for your sapling it was like actively they were way up in the canopy like you you couldn't just like cla- casually climb the tree they're yeah. like imagine the, the the potential uh energy they have and when they fall it's like a bowling ball alex yeah so i i have a question about that casey actually Tre- cones fall from trees yes you walk around in any forest, the forest floor covered in cones. Generally. Uh, not any now, forest. Over, over right here in the I, West, I, yeah. What, right. You know what I mean. We got you. Uh, so 
when a cone falls, what is happening? Why does that cone fall? Does mm. the tree allow it to fall? Hmm. Does it get dried out? What's happening mm. there? Well, interestingly, there's a couple different things. So sometimes it is just that the cones will naturally fall because they open up, they release their seeds. The seeds have wings many times and they just go, they flutter away, right? So that's yeah. dispersal. So once the cones have been opened and released, then there's not really any reason for the tree to like keep them. As the tree grows, they probably abscess right on that area. The same is when you drop your old leaves. They basically close that off and then it becomes more or less a decaying piece of wood. So it just kind of slowly decays and falls away. They close that off as in they stop funneling resources to it? Yes, they compartmentalize it away. Oh, and then it just kind of like... Yeah, just kind of falls off in the wind and, you know, whatever. But with the coulter pine, or rather, I should go back, some other trees will hold on to their cones for a really long time, and that is because they are serotonous most of the time, where they hold on to their cones on the tree because that's the safest spot for them. If they do fall, they'll hit the ground, and usually a squirrel or something would get them, or a, a mouse or something like that. But they'll hold on to them, and they keep them really tight so that when a fire comes through then they open it up that's like the lodgepole pine the table mountain pine um the culture pine a lot of different Mm. species they keep it really (laughs) tight (laughs) that way a fire comes through and then uh it'll open up its seeds after the fires come through killed off all the competition and left a a gorgeous uh mix of soil and nutrients on the ground to just be immediately germ er, so the seed can immediately germinate I see. However, in the case of the coulterpine, sometimes they are chewed <laughs> off right from the top. I know. I want. I just. I, I love that. I need. I need to have a visceral reaction to a tree every time I say coulterpine. Can um, I try? Some? I'm done. Okay, I'm, <laughs> I'm, done. I'm done. I'm done. I can't keep going. Oh, this I bit. baited it till that time. I was like, I, I was like, it. oh no, I gotta do this <laughs> yeah. bit now. When Alex talked about it, but I'm I'm closing the door on the bit. So that wow. Casey can oh, go I love ahead. it. Never, never You're erecting a, a gravestone on this bit. <laughs> on the mm bit. Well, That's right. the uh, turns out that on the culturepine, they will. Uh, get knocked off by squirrels. Squirrels uh, have basically been like, it's too pokey, it, they're too heavy, I can't break huh. them apart. So they climb up and they actually eat the top off and then go find them on the ground and they chew them from the base of the scale up because that's where the seeds are and that's where there's no pokey things to them. That's how, that's how they get to them. The base wow. of the scale up. Yeah, so here, I've lifted over this cone. See this? Uh, see that bottom part? So Casey's showing me the bottom of a yeah. culture pine cone it is uh, well. What do you? What exactly? Are, oh, the the part where it connects to the Wait, tree. Let me grab yes. mine. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Now you're looking at it. Okay, so yeah, we're all looking, looking at, at a, a culture pine cone. So on the uh-huh. very bottom, there's the stem, and as that yep. goes up and becomes or has the cone scales coming off of it, that would be called the axis or the main axis where all the cone scales are attached, right. spirally arranged. Um, but that there's no pokes there. Like you can just kind of move your finger; it doesn't hurt. If you try to go between the scales from the outside, you're just going to get jammed up by all these huge, gigantic talon-like spikes. Right. So the squirrel will actually go and break off the whole thing from the tree. It'll hit the ground. It'll climb down, and it will start nibbling around the very bottom from the bottom up on the cone. That way, it can rip off each one of the cone scales, not have to deal with all the really sharp things, and eat its delicious, gigantic seeds. There you have it. Does that cone have any seeds in it? Uh, I don't know if it does. Let me look. Shake it all about. Hey, one just fell out. Nope, that's not one. That's just detritus. Oh, it's just a leaf. Yeah, I don't see any. They've all gone. Well, the cone did its job then. It did. It did its job. It evacuated the seeds before it fell off the tree. 
Well, that's it. Yeah. So in this case, yeah, I know. I, <laughs> Thanks I, for that reaction, everyone. <laughs> feel so supported. Well, Alex, 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 that had such a beautiful childishness about it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my role in this. So, on this the, so the squirrel did its job. So the squirrel <laughs> knew what to do. He saved the seed. That's the perfect descriptor. So the tree's gonna be okay. The tree's gonna be just <laughs> fine, buddy. Here's oh, some that soup. squirrel's really smart. I still have not been able to find a good reason as to why the coulter pine is so huge. Isn't that? Oh, why do you think the to- uh, Why do you think the coulter pine cone is so large? If you had to take because a guess, because it isn't afraid to speak its truth. There you go. <laughs> yeah, this is an empowered tree. Wow, this is an empowered tree who said, "You know what? I'm going to sacrifice the height of the ponderosa." Mm-hmm. The uh, well, I'm going to sacrifice the height of the Ponderosa. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That, that's the older brother that it was scorning. It's a maximalist. It's yeah. the it's the Michael Bay of pine trees, mm-hmm. and it just it was born that way. It knew who it was, and um, now it's 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 famous. What can I say? Is there that's a true. more notorious pine tree? No. Wow. I don't think there is. I think this is the bad boy of pine trees. This is the, the bad boy this of is pine the, um, the uh, um, Nicolas Cage of pine trees. Ugh, yeah. Can the I Mickey Rourke. The Mickey yes. Rourke of pine trees. Oh, wow. <laughs> the Mickey Rourke of the 80s, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, can, can I give, a, can I give a, 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 an analogy for my world? Yes. <laughs> so if you are playing an RPG video game, right? <laughs> And you chose a warrior, okay? Kind of like Battlefront or... Oh, Lord. Sorry. I don't know where to begin with that. We'll talk (laughs) later. And you choose a warrior, okay? You have different stats. You have strength. You have intelligence. You have agility. You have constitution. Mm. You may want to put a few points in each of them, but basically focus on strength. But if you don't have enough constitution, you're a glass cannon. Yeah, all right. So this, the Coulter Pine is the warrior that pumped literally every point it had right. into strength. Right. Yes. Right. And it's got nothing else. Like, it's, it's a nothing little bit else. dumb, you yeah, know? Yeah, and for, for somebody, like, my, from my world, that's a Chansey with 120 hit points, but no other valuable... Uh, Chansey was a Pokemon. I was going to say, uh, wow. I no clue. I was just going to smile and be like, yeah, that's it. Yeah, uh-huh. No, everybody was like, well, yeah, Chansey, 120 hit points. But uh, what does it do? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I just collect them. I like the hollows. I think they look pretty. Yeah, yeah. yeah seriously. I just uh, has, I just push this on my wall. He has Correct. sleep. He has flop, <laughs> I think. <laughs> well, with that, Tobin, Casey, let's get into our review of the Culture oh. Pine. We've tipped our hand a little, but I am so I'm so excited to see what our golden cone scores are. Tobin, it's your first time on the podcast. Mm -hmm. Here is how this works. We'll go around, give some final thoughts on this pine tree, and then give it a rating of zero to 10 golden cones of honor. Tobin, as our esteemed guest, we will begin with you. Okay. Um, Pluses about the Coulter pine. Like I said, isn't afraid to speak its truth. Um, isn't afraid to just go all out and kill human beings, uh, which is uh, admirable if uh, imprisonable. And I think that it's just so much fun to it. You know, the bark isn't that interesting. The presentation of the tree, it's not like stick straight and kind of like beautiful to look at, like a redwood or a ponderosa pine. It's like a little, it can, it can schmoop a little bit. It's kind of stout. The branches are a little heavy. The needles are really, really long. Um, but 
it is so much fun to go on a hike at like 4,000 feet or something like that and like spend some time with some people looking at these gargantuan examples of nature. And I, I think about the wonderful times and like the past few years that I've had doing that. And also the fact that you can, it can be a great kind of, if you, if you're trying to like escape from prison, mm. um, and your baby is with you for one reason or another, you can take a Coulter pine cone and put it under the covers and the guard will think that the pine cone is your baby. Yeah. Um, and for that reason, mostly I'm going to give it an 8.8. Mm-hmm. 8.8 golden cones of honor for the Coulter pine cone from Tobin Metic- Mitnick. I, I fuck Metic- up your last yeah, name. Yeah, no, Tobin Meticulous, Crozen, way to fucking go. Yeah, that's- <laughs> I'm so sorry. My second flub of the night. <laughs> Wow. Of many, surely. A lovely score. Wow. Casey, clap. Mm-hmm. It's your turn. Okay. This one's really hard for me. It's really hard for me. It's uh, So I, if I, as I have said multiple times, I like a tree that fights back a little bit. You know, like the, the strangler fig, where the strangler fig's like, I make my own destiny. And it like, mm. you know, kills its father so that it can become, you know a big tree so it's i i think it's a pretty cool i think it's a pretty cool tree i like that it has these gigantic cones a superlative tree to say the least at least a superlative cone as one who's like has literally getting them tattooed i can't get this tattooed on me because i think it would take up too much space wow it would be bigger than both of the trees that i have tattooed on me which i think is a little bit untenable Anyway, I think that this tree should be high on the scale, but not too high because also like it's, it's, it is it it speak for its it speaks for itself in terms of you know I'm the biggest this is the hugest thing in the world fear me but at the same time the the Douglas fir you know the Jeffrey pine the sugar pine will just be like man I'm just gonna grow way taller and just be way cooler I mean think of the sugar pine it's grace. It's grace, Alex. It's yeah, perfect. It's graceful. Anyway, all right. So I'm also I'm I'm like the eight point eight because I think it's good. It has the it has the chutzpah that it needs, but I think it I think it does. It just puts itself out there a little bit too much, where it's just kind of like, look at me, you know, I got the biggest cones. I think for that it should lose a little bit. I'm gonna go like eight point two. I want it to be a little more cool. I want it's it to be a little high. more yeah. yeah, a little a little subtle. I know I do. I like I I have to say. Like I said, I like a tree that uh, you don't want to mess with, where as soon as you take an axe to it, each strike of the axe on that tree is a warning from that tree to, like, get out there. Like, it's it's actively like a bee's nest that you're it will fight back at any moment. I think it's pretty great. Well said. Yeah. All right, 8.2 is what I say, Alex. 8.2 golden cones of honor from Casey Clapp. Do you want... Renowned dendrologist Casey Clapp. Jeez, you keep saying that. The Coulter Pine. What do you think, uh. Alex? I got to be real with you guys. Do you want to hold the cone? Oh Alex is now holding ah. the cone. You can give it back if you need it. It's, it's no, quite it's okay. It's quite reason. dried out. This cone, this cone is big, but this this particular one is not that heavy. I think because it's so dry. Yeah. <laughs> Take this back, please. <laughs> I can't think. I if, please and forgive me. You looked me. ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like someone who's never had a child holding a child out. Like I don't oh, know yeah. what to do with it. Oh yeah, stick yeah. straight arm child. Yeah, yeah exactly. That. Yeah. Uh, Tobin, Casey, forgive me. Oh, for I have sinned. I'm not that impressed by the Coulter <laughs> pine. I appreciate wow. that it is a superlative tree mm. has oh, this appreciation this huh? huge cone <laughs> okay right. it is a killing machine i like mm. that <laughs> yeah. 
It is yeah. built to kill this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bit of a one-trick pony, if you ask me. Oh, I see. Wow. Uh-oh. Wow. I'm not impressed by its morphology, by its overall shape. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can hear my child crying as you're saying all of these things. Yeah. But <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> She's, She's judging you. I never meant to make a child cry. It's like a Christmas song. <laughs> <laughs> From Santa Claus? Yeah. What kind of Christmas is you having lately, buddy? Huh. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> uh Listen, I, I think it's fine. I think the Coulter Pine is okay. I would give the Coulter Pine cone like a 9 out of 10, okay? Mm-hmm. However, a tree is not its cone, and don't you start going with the scientific... Actually... Yeah, that, yeah you're right. A wow. tree is not its cone. <laughs> That's two of you that hate science over there. <laughs> I'm very anti-science. Everybody knows this. A list of things I'm anti. That's on this the top five. Yeah. I'm going to give this tree a 6.0. 6.0. 6. I'm not crazy about it. That's, I think that's fair. It's, But like I said, the cone gets a 9. The cone's great. The tree, <sighs> with, even with the cone on it, is a 6. I see. Even though it holds like 10 or 30 of these at a time. Yeah. Okay. 10 to 30. Yeah. yeah, 10 to 30. No more, no less. <laughs> wow. <laughs> 2 to 4, 5 to 10, 10 to 30. Uh, you know, somewhere there. Typical somewhere interval. 2 to 50 or so, depending <laughs> on the time of year. What a score, Alex. I, yeah. think, wow. I think that's reasonable. Honestly, I appreciate your aesthetic eye to these kinds of things. Well, I appreciate yeah, I get it. you appreciating I get it. me. Mm-hmm. Thank you, guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel supported. And that was our review of the Coulter Pine. It's time for a game. Tobin, Casey, yes. mm-hmm. we call this one Family Tree. Oh, this is one wow. of my favorites. I don't know this one. Oh, you're going to have a blast. Well, I will not be doing the theme song today. Uh I would never let Tobin see me do this. <laughs> Tobin, Tobin, turn off your camera real fast, would you? <laughs> um, Gosh. Uh, here's how it works, Tobin. I'm going to introduce a famous group from media. It could be the cast of a sitcom. It could be a group of uh, m- uh, mythological gods, Casey, we've done mm-hmm. before. We are then going to assign each member of the group a tree based on their personality Possibly their physical appearance. Attributes of any sort. Yes. And the group that we are talking about this week, Tobin. Oh, my God. The Fellowship of the Ring. Oh, that's why you guys asked me. I'm so excited now. That's right. All right. Here we go. We are going to start with, I would say, the man himself, Mm. Frodo Baggins. Okay. Ooh, wow. Oh, wow. The bearer of the ring, a hobbit, enjoys, uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's been a while since I've touched the books. Yeah, he's but, uh, the, the he, finer things in life. Yeah, but not like too fine. You know, what can we say about uh, about Frodo Tobin? Um, you know, uh, F- Frodo is is duty bound. He's mm-hmm. um, he's loyal. He's pernicious. Uh, he's what do you say? Pernicious. Pernicious. Yeah, One more time. Pernicious. Okay. Yeah, someone look that up for me. Tell me if I'm using it right. This is, this is, uh, sorry, this is Casey Clapp. He says something and then thinks about what he <laughs> well, says. Never mind, take it back. He's not. I, th- I thought pernicious had a negative connotation. It does. It turns Tobin, out it, it does. does. I'm so sorry. Per- pernicious is negative. Per- precocious, perhaps? Yeah, let's go precocious. Yeah. Um, but, but also, but also, um, I, I would say that he's, and of course, you got to pick a small tree just because he's a hobbit. Which wow. Is like, you got to do it, blah, blah, blah. You gotta do it. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll give Samwise a redwood, whatever. Um, oh, wow. But why don't we start, we'll give, we'll give Frodo the, um, 
We'll give Frodo the pinion pine. Ooh, the pinion. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or uh, pinion. Yeah. Um, See. Because it is it is often overlooked, but it is the backbone and import and of of so many parts of of American indigenous agriculture, and mm-hmm. <clears throat> and just such an important tree. And without it, we probably wouldn't be alive in this half of the country. I think that's very fair. That is, uh, it was super important. However, small of stature. What do you think, Alex? Do you have anyone yet? Uh, You know what? Uh, It's a good look for me to agree with Tobin. The pinion pine. That's fair. That's fair. So this is not, no one's probably not going to like this one. I was actually thinking the uh, eastern white cedar, Thuya oxidentalis. Wow. And the reason I thought of that, we've of course covered that. It's the uh, dreaded arborvita. Yeah, you hate that tree. I hate the arborvita, but I love the, the, the species that grows natively, like up in Arcata National Park. Is that right? Did I say that one correctly this time? Oh, God, I don't I know. I think I did. Oh, that's right. I remember yeah, that. The that Manian National kerfuffle. Park. We'll leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Either way. So, that uh, when it grows up there, it's a small statue tree. It clings to the sides of rocks and like the cliff of the, uh, the Hudson River and things like that. So, I like, the, I like that it grows as if it is climbing up Mount Doom, slowly. Slowly but surely, marching up yeah. ever so surely. Never gets quite too tall, hardworking, gets battered by snow every year. That's what I'm going to go with. Fantastic. Uh, <sighs> up next, we have the ranger. Mm. The true king of Gondor? Yes. <laughs> yes. That's Aragorn. Right. Strider, if you're nasty. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what do we think about Aragorn. He lives for a long time, doesn't he? Like a little bit, a little bit longer than a normal human. That's right. He's uh, he's eighty seven. He's eighty seven years old. In uh, oh, sorry, is he eighty three? I can't remember. God, oh, one of the God. two. Um, yeah, he is blessed with long life. Yeah, I thought we brought uh, an expert on. Direct descendant, uh, blessed with long life. Um, gosh, that's right. Okay, so he has to be something. Oh well, I mean, there's only really one. I think that narrows it down to another group of pines out uh-huh. west. Um, Either like a bristle cone, a foxtail, mm. or like uh, lodgepoles grow pretty long as well, don't they? Yes, yeah, yeah, some junipers too. Yeah, foxtail does. Oh yeah, some junipers get really freaking. Old. Yeah, because I mean, what is what is the what's the species of tree that's on the uh, the place? Um, Gondor. Don't they have like that dead sticky tree? Oh well, I uh, yeah yeah yeah. I don't think they give a give a species of it, but it looks a lot like uh, some limber pines. Mm. Um, so we could go with limber pines since. Ah, Since yes. uh, I like limber pine. Physically, it represents him the most. Even if in stature, it is quite yeah. inferior to the to the you know presence yeah. and and importance that he has within the context of the novels. True, and wow. as an eighty year old, he's pretty limber still. That's true. I'm going to go with that. At least, uh, at least, what's her name thinks so. Yeah, our name. Arwen. Arwen, thank you. Yeah. Arwen. We're all like, yeah, we love the Lord of the Rings. What's the main <laughs> character's name? Popo? I, I'm an, I, have, I have an idea for this one. All right, all right. Mm, mm. Last week's episode, we talked about the American chestnut. Mm. It was once called the King of the Forest. Mm-hmm. It was decimated by a plague of trees. Oh the blight, God. the chestnut blight. Right. However, it will return. It will rise up again. Yes. The return of the king 
was the name of that episode. Yep. So I'm going American Chestnut, Casey. That's beautiful. That's, that's, a, that's the best answer. That's stunning. Thank you, guys. Honestly, this is, that's why you're here, Alex. You know I that, love right? that. Next up, we have uh, Mr. Tagalong himself. Mm. But for my money, the true hero. We're talking Samwise Gamgee. If he takes one step further, it'll be the furthest away he's ever been. From, from the Shire. That's right. Or from home. Oh, yeah. Oh, ooh, ooh. Oh, <laughs> I get shivers just back. thinking about it. I do get shivers just thinking about it. It's like they say in the old stories, Mr. Frodo. <laughs> it's oh, like they say. Love it. Oh, man. Oh, really you know, my favorite movie, part. my favorite movie of them all is probably The Fellowship, but my favorite mm. moment in all three of them is the ending of The Two Towers where he does that speech where I, mm-hmm. I, I lose it every time. I love it so yeah. much. Yeah, it's a, it's it's beautiful. It really is. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what do we Sam think, guys, for Sam, Samwise? Honestly, it has to be another sh- small tree, I think, because he's a hobbit, right? I but he's a little right. bit he's a little bit rounder of a hobbit. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking like the first thing that came to my brain is like an olive tree, mm. but like an old old olive, like an ancient one from Italy. Okay, sure. Just because for some reason, like they're I, they're not really, but they kind of like a little round. They look a little you know ancient. Mm-hmm. And that's where it ends. Honestly, I just kind of picture uh, I picture Samwise's cheeks as like these little rosy olives. I'd I'd refer I I think I would I think I would call Samwise an aspen. Mm-hmm. The, the reason that I would call Samwise an aspen is because it's not that big, mm-hmm. um, but it is the most widespread tree in America, right? Wow. Quaking yeah. aspen. That's right. And I think that goes to show that everybody has a Samwise in their life if they think hard enough about who that is. That's true. And perhaps they're not that far away. Constantly um, reproducing. And I'm going to melt into a puddle. And uh, Wow. That was, <laughs> that was very touching, Tobin. Everyone loves Sam. He's, he's the scorn of everybody's jokes, the butt of them, but everyone uh, also no. loves him to death. Also, also, they have that propensity for growing as a mm-hmm. clonal tree. That's true. And... Um, I think that goes to show you how much Sam thinks about community and his love of the Shire. True. Yeah. Well put. Wow. That was a very thoughtful answer. Tobin, who is your Samwise? Who's my Samwise? Oh, I, I have a lot of Samwise, but my, I, I'm, uh, my wife is my Samwise. She, she mm. believes in me when I don't believe in myself. And uh, I would be, uh, I don't know where I would be. I, I might not be dead if I never met her, but I, mm. I certainly wouldn't be very alive. At the bottom of Mount Doom, if you will. Yeah, wives, you gotta love them, huh, yeah. Case? Yep, I think so. You and me, a couple of married, <laughs> happy men. <laughs> um, Who do we got next, Alex? Next, we have, this is a bit of a fun one, okay, you guys? All right, okay. He's a golem. Get ready to have fun. <laughs> no, although that would be so much better <laughs> if it if it followed the fellow. I guess he's kind of a. Is it he's, Tom Bombadil? <laughs> <laughs> it's Tom Bombadil's girlfriend. What was her name? Oh. Um. So this one we're going we're going uh we're Legolas and Gimli. Okay. Fabulous. Kind of a kind of a classic pair. Yeah. A C three PO and a R two D two, if you will. Uh, although they're not comic relief. Well, they are sort of comic relief. We can yeah. get into that later. Uh, here's here's the criteria for the Legolas and Gimli one, okay? Mm-hmm. Legolas, a tree. Gimli, a mushroom. A fungal associate. <laughs> I love that we did that. That's so funny. 
I'm going to leave the mushroom to you, Casey, because the only mushrooms I can tell you gentlemen about are Cremini's. Uh, or oyster mushrooms. Mmm, delicious. Wow. Uh, this guy but, knows what he's talking about. Yeah, he does. Uh, oh, my God. Wait, <laughs> if I say a tree, will Casey be able to say a mushroom that pairs well with it? Oh, like God. A, yes. Oh, don't put me here. Could I? Try. Well, I'll Let's give you a tree. Okay. I'll give you a tree. The stakes are so low, you guys. Yeah. I will say a, a, a really familiar tree to you, a tree that you spend a lot of time around and that you mm. talk at, uh, about mm-hmm. at length on this program, which, of course, is a Douglas fir for mm-hmm. Legolas, just because um, it lives for freaking ever. Um, there are legends of Douglas firs actually being like 40 to 50 to 60 feet taller than the tallest redwoods right now. And they have that legendary quality of, about them like uh, like elves do. Um, so I'm going to give you the Douglas fir. I think that's perfect. I, I I was thinking of another tree, but because this was the, I have to give a Gimli for this, that would easily be the uh, the Dyer's polypore. Yeah, man. It's never quite on the tree. Usually it's about you know, three feet away, cup coming up from the ground, because that's, I mean, he's a, he's a dwarf. That's what they do. They live underground, right? Most mm. of the time. They mine for things. Nice. And uh, yeah, I think that's good. I can't think of a fungus that a Douglas fir would throw, though. So that's that's what makes it more difficult. <laughs> Casey, you've sniped my joke. Oh yes. <laughs> All right. Well done, you both. Well uh, done. We have one more. We have one more here. All right. Who do we got? Uh, one of my favorite characters, not just from the Lord of the Rings, but period. We're talking the tall man, mm. Dumbledore. <laughs> Albus Dumbledore. Oh God, he was so good in the Two Towers. <laughs> of course, we're talking Gandalf, the Dumbledore mm. of Lord of the Rings. Yep. Okay. Uh, Gandalf. All right, the Yoda of the Lord of the Rings. The Gray Wizard turned the White Wizard. Mm. Maybe there's something we could play with. Hmm. There is plenty. Yeah. This one, it's difficult for me not to go with something like a bristlecone pine for this. Yeah, old wise. Old wise turns mm-hmm. white and when in its old age, you know, that kind of stuff. Wow, nice. Oh, that one's hard. See, I'm I was thinking of like a baobab. Ooh, yeah. A baobab. A baobab tree. Yeah, they they grow in Madagascar and Africa. I think there's like mm-hmm. one species in like Australia. But they're also like really gray, white barked, and they lose their leaves in the, the dry season, and then they pop back in the wet season. Um, but they also have these like incredibly gorgeous flowers, and they they just look like these huge sentinels out on the open plains. And they, I think, like I haven't done too much research on them yet, but I've heard a lot of like um, you know indigenous history with them because there's such monoliths out in the middle of you know what otherwise is a tiny, uh, tiny, tiny treed desert. Desert. But they, that that's the one that I would think of, like right off the top of my right off the top. Of my I head. mean, baobabs can grow real old and real, real yeah. wide around the base as well. We can't even tell how old they are because they they fill their trunks with water, and that's like yeah. how they go about their lives. Um, but then that also makes them decay quicker, so no one can actually drill into them. Oh, and be like, oh, this wow. is how old they are. So we can only guess and be like, oh, it's about this old, probably in like the several hundreds of years. That's how I, I I repel people from drilling into me. Is I fill myself yeah. with water. Yeah, that's, that's a, good, yeah, a smart move. It's sprays really at them. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. Well, the other one I was thinking of is like uh, the a eucalyptus, like um, the mountain ash eucalyptus trees, because they're just like super big, like completely white. They dominate wherever they grow. They're huge. Yeah, that's a thought. Well, I am going to divert a little bit with both of you on on this Gandalf tree. All right, I'm going to say. 
that Gandalf is one of my, my favorite trees that we've ever covered. The Metasequoia Glyptostroboides, mm. the Dawn Redwood. Mm. Ah, Metasequoia okay. Glyptostroboides. I love it. <laughs> That's right. Mmm, <laughs> sounds delicious. Uh, yeah, I could have, I'll have one of those. Uh, a living fossil. He is, Gandalf is essentially an angel. Good call, uh, good call. And also, it is a conifer, but it is a deciduous conifer, mm-hmm. so it loses its needles, but not not uh, before turning brilliantly orange yellow, mm, like going down in flames. Yes, mm-hmm. he is a phoenix rising from the Run, ashes. You fools! <laughs> That's I'm, right. Honestly, I'm going to start putting a sign on all the Don Redwoods that I see that just says "Run, you fools!" <laughs> Run, you fools! <laughs> right during fall, the Balrog of Autumn <laughs> takes the <laughs> life. So why are you in the slammer? I put signs yeah. <laughs> on trees. It's a long story. Yeah, it's a long mm-hmm. story, but keep your distance. Yeah, so mm-hmm. Ga- I, I think Gandalf is a Don Okay, Redwood. I think that's very fair, Alex. I think it's um, actually probably, that's, yeah. This has been the most, neat. like, metaphorical and, like, uh, well-thought-out round of uh, of this game, I think. Yeah, I think we've all done a great job. Well done, everybody. Well, thank you for inviting me into the into the old uh, pathetic fallacy uh, anthropomorphism sphere. It's one <laughs> of the ones in which I flourish. Hey, anytime. That is, that's where we flourish, but honestly, sometimes I don't think we shine near as bright. <laughs> right. <laughs> Nobody does it like the king. Um, <laughs> that was Family Tree. Tobin Mitnick, thank you so gosh darn much for being with us today. Simply stunning. We've had an absolute blast with you. Thank you guys so much for having me on. Uh, I hope people will have stayed uh, all the way to the end. <laughs> a, slightly, a slightly higher retention rate than our, than our abysmal usual. Um, <laughs> Tobin, do you have anything to plug? You want to you want to shout out anything that you do? Um, not really. Uh, you can uh, check me out at at Jews Love Trees on Instagram and on TikTok. Um, and and yeah, uh, I'm hoping to you know I compressed everything into the tiny format, and now I'm hoping to use what I found in the tiny format to blow it all up into the bigger format again. Mm. So um, mm. hopefully you'll, you'll see me in a, a medium that's not entirely social media and destruction of society based very soon. Hey, Hell yeah. We're yeah. all shooting for the stars, you know? Jews yeah. love trees the movie. That's right. <laughs> it's. I feel like that's almost a Lego movie waiting to happen. I can see yeah, it. Yeah, it is. It writes oh, I itself. Got, I got plans. <laughs> hey, see, it's time for our completely arbitrary Q and A. Uh, this week's question is from Guinevere Knight, possibly possibly my favorite named person we've ever. It dealt is with. very medieval, isn't it? It is. Congrats, Guinevere, on the cool name. Yeah. When a tree is cut down, asks Guinevere, mm-hmm. sometimes the stump will grow a new tree. Yes. If a 15-year-old maple in my backyard gets cut down and the tree sends up new growth, is that tree still considered to be 15 years old? Oh. Or does the counting start all over again? Aha. Uh-huh. Will the new tree only have the potential to live as long as the original tree would have? Or is it a full restart despite the already mature root system? So curious. Very fascinating question. It's almost a philosophical question. It really is, Alex. I'm glad you actually brought that up quite specifically. Um, you and I, we've talked a couple different times about like layering, you know, and like Pando, perfect example. Yeah. Where each individual stem could be 70, 80 years old. Yeah. However, the root system itself as one cohesive large unit 
could be tens of thousands of years old. Right. So that is the real question that I think she's getting at here, uh, Guinevere, is if you are counting the rings of the tree, then that's going to be however many rings there are there. Give it another 15 years, you now have a 15-year-old stem, but you have a 30-year-old organism, right? Right, because the trunk or the roots are a different organ than the stem. But the same actual organism in terms of like one one thing, one, yeah. you know, DNA sequence of things. How can we how can we burrow or uh narrow what is it not narrow uh take an organism down to its finest thing? Oh, refine it. Yes, refine it down to it's simply one one DNA sequence that's the same. I see. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I think so, but I'm not like smart it. enough to come up with anything. Yeah, neither am I. We'll come up with it some other time. But I would say that, um, so namely, no, that is the same organism. The tree, I would count it personally. I mean, if you have the stump there, then you know what? I think if we're going to count Pando as a tens of thousands of year old organism, yeah. then that tree at, at another 15 years is a 30-year-old organism, one living thing. Interesting. However, uh, will it live as long as the thing? So let's say it's those trees live to be 100 years old. Now this new stem would only be able to grow to 85 years, then it would die, right? Okay. If, the, if that tree was only able to live as long as the whole thing was alive. But that goes down to the idea that trees are always going to try to live as long as they can. And they will be alive until they are dead. So, I know it's a funny way to put it, Alex. You just giggled about it. <laughs> I think it's the right way to say it. It's good. And the reason that I say it like that is that that tree could, if the root system is still alive, then those new stems that have shot up, those are going to be you know, starting the tree over. It doesn't start the clock over, right. you know? But yeah. the thing is, a clock for a, a tree is not the same as a clock for a human where... As long as it can just withstand that uh, the decay that would come in and, you know, doesn't fall apart, you know, nothing gets it, so yeah. to speak, then the tree's just going to keep living. There is no official, like, top, you know, line that they can't cross in terms of age. Yeah. So the tree, I would say, is the clock started when it was a seed that sprouted. That's when it started. Cool. And then it'll just keep on cooking. No resets. I don't think so. You can't, you can't start over. You get one shot. Very cool. Thank you, Guinevere, for your question. If you have a question for trees uh, or Casey about <laughs> trees, email us at arbitrarypod at gmail.com. You can follow our Instagram at arbitrarypod. That's A-R-B-O-R-T-R-A-R-Y pod. Or you can join the Patreon, mm-hmm. support the podcast monetarily. And in return, you get two bonus episodes a month. Or for the Cone of the Month Club, you get a... Unique cone sticker illustrated by an independent artist every single month in a cute little envelope in the mail. Yep. Also, I I might join because I have questions to ask trees, Alex, and I didn't know that we could ask trees questions. Okay. I have lists. Yeah, I'm sure you do. Okay, so just <laughs> let me know where to sign up for that. Casey. What an episode, Alex. Yeah. My a, God. A bit of an experiment for our podcast. Thank you to Tobin for joining in on that experiment. Yes, big shout out to Tobin Mitnick uh, at Jews Love Trees on Instagram. Definitely follow. He's a hoot, yeah. Thanks for joining in this experience. (laughs) Wow, I'm stunned. Uh, Casey. Alex. Until next time, my friend. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening to Completely Arbitrary. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Are you going to say goodbye? Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>
Completely Arbitrary is produced by Alex Croson and Casey Clapp. Our artwork is by Jillian Barthold, and our music is by Aves and the Mini Vandals. And you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash arbitrarypod. And find additional readings at completelyarbitrary.com. Thanks for listening. 